The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. Just about to hit it to summer, Tom. You got any good summer plans? Plans, you know, I'm very lucky here. I live in Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, complex here, condominium complex. We have a pool, and then we have a beautiful beach, Todd's Point in Greenwich. This is kind of an exclusive beach. It's the only Greenwich residents are supposed to enter it. They really keep it clean. It's like I, I feel like okay, I'm not going to drive like four hours, so I'm fly someplace when I've got all this stuff. So exclusive, you mean like bougie, right? When you were a player, did you take a lot of like cool vacations? I know that's a thing now where guys are putting on Instagram where they're going. Remember, my first year in the league, I made sixty thousand dollars, right? So it was. Uh, you know, and again, that's just during the season. Get what eighteen pays at eighteen paychecks during the season or fifteen paychecks. Can't remember where it was. Wait, so you had to stretch that for yeah, almost like a teacher. Yeah, that's oh, it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I don't think a lot of people realize it's still the same way now. You get paid from the start of the season till the end of the season. You don't get paid during the playoffs. There's a bonus, but you know, it's not that much. Does it every but every player? So is it like like MLB? They they get shares. They win the World Series, and it's significant. But with hockey, it's probably it's a fixed amount. I'm pretty sure it's a fixed amount. Who it is? Um, but it, it obviously it's much more now. But again, you know, that's the thing. After $60,000, uh, you know, you had to really, you know, I'm single. But I had, and we, again, obviously not too smart either. Uh, remember, we rented Dave Maloney's uncash paychecks yeah. all over the house. Put these in the bank. What are you doing? You're not, well, yeah, you bought your cowboy hat. You bought your boots. Uh, you were set. Oh, uh, I, I could, yeah, that's the thing. I didn't really know how to spend money, to be honest with you. I was I, I was happy. I could buy my beer, buy my food. Well, you guys also got per diems, right? So that, that basically yeah. cover your food. It was like, but it was like fifty dollars a day or something. Too. Yeah, but in nineteen eighty-two, yeah. that's so that's three meals. Nineteen eighty, I started. Oh, sorry, I was trying to make you a little younger, but you know, skew our audience down. But fair enough. So you would try to stretch that, but then you started to make a little bit of money, I guess, when you went to L.A., right? Like that. Yeah, but again, that, the most I ever made was uh, like three hundred ten thousand dollars, and we had Bruce. We did a show with Bruce McNall, the owner at the time. We talked about this. Where Rogi Vashaw was a great guy. He was the general manager, mm-hmm. just a quiet, meek man, and he was doing his job properly. So we would go into uh, Rogi and say, "This is Rogi. I want to make uh, three hundred. And uh, knowing full well, we knew in the back of our head that if he could give it to us, we just called up Rogi. Stop me. What do you want? I said, that's three years at 300000 okay, I'll get that done. Why'd you ask for five? I did. I look back at it. I don't know why. I did. It's so easy, right? You know, especially with Bruce, where he was at the time. He would have used to start yeah. everybody. Well, that's a good show having him on. Absolutely. But no no great vacations, no extravagance. No. I'm trying to think. Well, you did say you did an RV once, but we're all over the place. No, well, after, no, I re- is this after I retired, uh, I got divorced. My boys are, what, 30 and 32 now. Uh, they were like four and six years old when I got divorced. I was, uh, I wanted to make sure I spent a lot of good time with them. So we rented up, first rented a motorhome, went up to Niagara Falls, saw my family up in Canada, and we had a ball doing it. So we bought one, had the satellite dish and a whole bit and the slide outs. 
It was pretty cool. We went to Disney World a couple of times. Wait, wait. This is you and a four and a six year old? Yeah. I'm I'm impressed. Uh, I, I can't believe you, you got through that. Well, it definitely was one of those things that I had to go for another vacation after that. Sure. Because you, I mean, you have such a short attention span as is. Is, it all, is that always the case? Um, I don't, I, I think I, because I knew, and it was actually, I loved it, it was because I knew it was me in charge of those two, their safety and everything. So we went to Disney World. You're, you know, you take the kids there. You're constantly on guard, you know, making sure they're yeah. safe. You had to step up your game. Yeah, so it was, but it, it was, I do remember when it was done. I loved it. It was fantastic. But when it was done, I, I'd step back and go, yeah, you know, week, week straight. Yeah, you're on high alert. Yeah, was, you know, but it was cool. December. My boy's still talking about it now. It was fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. So you, so you did the RC. That was a, a big vacation. But then again, I guess you guys travel so much. Yeah, that's true. That's, and even now, like you say, you want to go and like, travel someplace. I've, I've been to a lot of places, first right. of all, and again, through hockey, you know, Germany and Finland and Sweden, and, uh, you know, Survivor, if you know or not, I was on Survivor. Uh, I heard you uh, you did a guest spot, right? Four, four episode guest spot? No, it was a five five episode guest spot. And I said to myself, I, because of the giver that I am, I felt like, okay, I don't want to take away the spotlight glory from all these other people. So so who's, who's calls it to wear underwear on the show? Is that your call? Just show up in your underwear? My my sons. So we got together for the uh, first show, the first episode. My sons were there and all they could say to me was that. You need to put some socks in your package. It's just not big enough. Or at least put on pants. Why don't you put on shorts? They don't. They tell you what to wear. They made you wear ladies' yeah. underwear before. That wasn't late. That was manly. It looked like ladies' underwear. So it was uh, before you go. Uh, they get on the phone with you and they say, "Okay, here's where we wanted to look." They wanted me to have the look that I got. Was it a sports agent? I thought, or sport, something sports. Oh. So they had. They wanted me to get a cardigan, and they actually just a cardigan. Yeah, and they said we want you to get a cardigan. I'm going. What the heck's a cardigan? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't even know what a cardigan was. Wait, so they picked your outfit out for you? Yeah, they pick it. So uh, I think they make it so that you can send some clothes to them that they think- And they approve. They approve of. I gotcha. Then they send it back. Obviously, the stuff I sent to them, they sent all of it back. So you sent your spandex underwear, and they're like, yeah, yeah. that's great. No, that, they picked out the spandex underwear. The more funny thing, when you go to the finale in LA, um, you know, there's a show there, you know, and you bring your big clothes, they tell you, they get, and here's your options. And so I brought, I can't remember what I brought, I brought three or four different outfits. And the, the woman that's going through it all, she's actually very funny. She goes. This isn't bad. This is a bet you're not wearing. Huh. It's like the way she said it was like, what? What? Uh, and how you you went out? You were what the fourth person out? Fifth, fifth person? Fifth person? Oh, yeah. So who was the winner? The school teacher from to uh, Tommy from uh, Long Island. Oh, good for him. Yeah. So I never really uh, got to know him. So when you first go, well, you were only there for a little while. When you first go, uh, when you first go there to Fiji, they have this uh, compound called the Ponderosa, and you're there for five days before you go to the show. But you can't talk to anybody the whole time because they want all interaction on camera. So how do they keep? Was it 25 people? Yeah, they stay, they stay in individual tents. Uh, they've got people guarding you the whole time. People would sneak off and they would, you know, whisper a little bit. So, like, oh, what's up, Joe? How are you? Yeah, the one girl that's really funny that I could be buddies with was uh, Elaine. Uh, she's from Kentucky. And so we were sitting out by the water, facing the water, so people couldn't see us. And we were, we were having a conversation. Also, like, if you're talking like you're in prison. Yes. Yeah. And she, I said, I grew up on a farm. So I grew up on a farm, too. We're going to hand it off pretty good. So we hit it off. And we actually did some podcasts together. Oh, did you? Yeah, she was hilarious. She's called me Pops and Dad. She would say things. And she actually, we really, they didn't show it all on the show, but we had a blast together. Oh, like, her and I pick on each other. And she would, I'd go to sleep at night and she'd say, everybody, listen, now everybody take turns waking Tom up in the middle of the night and see if you're still breathing or not. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, she was good. So yeah, now I worked at, at, at MTV for years and they, part of their, uh, approach was to ply these young people with alcohol did they get you guys drunk on survivor no, not on the show no there was no alcohol no, not before the show uh wow. and after yeah they then after the show is over you get voted off uh, and you're at ponder i was at ponder so you have to wait till all the people that uh get voted off before the merge uh, get there and then the merge now they uh instead of having teams it becomes an individual game okay gotcha and then all those people that get voted off after that now they go on a jury 
So you went out so early. How long are you waiting at this Ponderosa? So a month? I was the fifth. After six players, that's when they uh, cut it off at the merge. So I was only at Ponderosa for like three days, and then we went to, uh, to Australia. So you came in with like 20th place, you'd say? There was 20 players. I got voted for oh, 15th place. That's too bad. What was funny was we got Ponderosa. They gave me a water cooler. So I got to know the, uh, they had the bar there at uh, this place. So I would fill up the, the, the cooler with my, what they got, like vodka, pineapple, nuts, oh, I'm like, that's my water cooler. Because now you, you've gone through this whole thing. I lost 27 pounds. You're just like, you're mad because you didn't win. And you really want to go home. You know, you know and I sure. still had another three weeks to go to Australia before I. Wait, wait, wait. So go back. So you had to wait in Fiji for three weeks? No, no. We waited in Fiji for three days. Then they flew us to Australia because okay. they don't want you going home. And then everybody knows when you got voted. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And they don't give you your computers or your phones or anything because now, they, or credit cards. You can't even use your credit card. It's all cash because uh, if you use your credit so, card. So wait, what a school teacher. What a school teacher doesn't have that kind of cash on hand. To... Well, they they tell you that you, you that you should bring cash. And I, I was lucky. I brought like 500 bucks in cash. Uh, and then they give you more cash, but they only give you enough, like put you in a whole, nice hotel, but it's one of those ones with a um, kitchen in it. Oh, like, yeah, like a little odd suite. So they give you, oh, it's, not, it's like $50 a day to go to the grocery store and buy your food. That's it. Yeah, they really want to lock you down so you're not out. So that's part of the deal. You're basically sequestered like you're on a jury. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they, they were good. They, like, Surfer's Paradise is a cool place to go to in Australia. So they took those kind of trips. Um, but I, I, yeah, they're good people. But again, a lot of them are younger people. Sure. And their whole life, they dreamed of being uh, a survivor. Uh, I loved it. It was fantastic. It had not been my dream. My dream was playing the NHL and... Uh, so they always wanted to talk about survivor on. Really? Yeah. So we're on the bus one time. I think we were to service paradise. And uh, there's two people, really nice. Jason, who's a lawyer in New York City, this Molly. I can't remember where she's from. They were really brilliant players, but they got voted off. Molly, before I got voted off, she was like second overall. But she knew that she studied the game and everything. So they're on the bus the whole time. And they now start talking about debating why they got voted off. Right. And I said to the bus driver, I said, Busty, you've got a gun. He goes, well, what do I gun for? I said, I'm going to shoot myself. I said, wait, did you call him Bussy? That's so condescending. Don't you, that's, that, no, that's a Canadian thing. That's that, that's not a, that's not condescending. No, no, no. Okay. No. Like Bussy. Yeah. I, I love Bussy. Like, like Canadian hockey players where we take, you see so their name. Yeah, but he has a name though. He goes, hey, Dave. I don't know his name. But what's, no. your, what's your name, guy? No. Bussy. You can't ask him his name? No, you call him Bussy. Wow, what an elitist oh, prick. Oh, Holy cow. That's not elitist. That's not elitist. All Bussy? Yeah. What do you, that's what we always call Bussy. What do you call the waiter? Waiter? No. Waity? Why well, just doesn't have to carry on throughout your life? We have, one thing. we have one thing. What's the name? Come on. Bussy. That's so disrespectful. Ask the guy's name. No, no, bus drivers, they loved it. That's In Canada, that's a term of endearment. You're the team bus driver. You're Bussy. Now, Canadian, if we have any Canadian listeners, please yeah. fact check this for us because I think he's making this up. I think he's just being totally. elitist. Totally. What do you call the pilot? Piloty? See, flyy. All right, Bussy. Maybe you have one thing that we use. All right, we'll have to have our listeners check in on that. Pro- Prody, you're Prody. Uh, Research. That's, that's it. Pro- yeah, there you go. Well, listen. Uh, thanks, Bussies, for listening. Uh, that's right. Like and follow. Uh, share the page. Look out for the dog. Well, I don't know what that means, but like and follow. Shift, share the page, and then and write us. Hit a, email us at fullchangepodcast at gmail, and uh, leave comments everywhere you see us on socials. All right, Bussy. Bussy. Today we have a good one, Tom, as always, but we have a tough forward who won two more cups than you did, also was a reality show star for a little bit, of the Devils and Dallas Stars Grand Marshal. That's right. I forgot you were a reality star. That's right, too. You're on Battle, Battle of the Blades. Is that what it's called? It was, but I got a funny story about that. Okay, let's go.
So when we're doing the show, my wife now, Sinead and I, we were doing the show and we partway through the season, we, you know, we was in Canada and Toronto. So the whole cast, we go to uh, the Canada's Wonderland. We're lying for the rides. I'm not a roller coaster guy, but right. you know, I'm supposed to be a tough guy. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Hockey, all this stuff and win cups and stuff. So we're lying and all of a sudden, it's pretty busy lying. All of a sudden, this uh, these fans look back and go, oh my God, Grant Marshall, Sinead Kerr, like Battle of the Blades, the figure skating show. And I'm like, freaking kidding me i'm i've won i'm from here right i've won two cups and i'm known more as a figure yeah, skater yeah. than a freaking hockey player don't look well that's the, look at me yeah. like what we do babe it's what we do uh that's funny the same thing with me with survivor nobody cares that i was uh, in the national hockey there we go thomas is jealous because he, he can't get on a shows like that right yeah, no, i want to shit on the sanford yeah we're at we're the diner after the day we did a, uh, the live the live uh, show, having breakfast, fans walk by and like, we voted for you. You're our favorite team. We're voting for you. I'm like, play hot. That's funny. Yeah, no, not anymore. You're done now. No, no. useless. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> where, where are you from? Where's home for you? Mississauga. Mississauga. So I'm from Brampton, right up yep. Highway 10 there. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Good lad. Where you not far, from? not far. I'm from New Jersey. New Jersey. We all have faults. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, he, I met him at the Fritz Needle Ice Rink. Have you ever been to that rink? Where is that? Oh, legendary barn. What's what's the town again? Westwood, New Jersey. Oh, it legendary is. Barn. It is. Westwood, yeah, is that a Bergen area? Like, oh. yeah, it's a Bergen County. Bergen County, right? You've got to go see this rink. There's no boards to it. It's just a big wall. There's no, there's no benches or anything like that. Is it kind of like? Is it kind of like? Uh, was it remember the movie where Young Blood where they had the cages for glass? I uh, know there's no cage. No. There's no glass or anything. It's just a wall. <laughs> Cement. It is. So the benches you go out into the lobby. That's where the benches are. Like the players. Oh, it, play. it, 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 it's old, old school. Yes, it was made for a figure skater. So Fritz Dietl was a figure skater, and they made it just for that. But now the kid, that's good for the kid. Little kids, yeah, it's fine. Zamboni is an actual working Zamboni from 1950. That's classic. That's New Jersey. All right, so you grew up in Mississauga. You just started playing hockey at like six years old or something like most kids? I started skating. I was about four years old, and then started playing, you know, paperweight hockey competitively when, uh, when I was five. You know, it was one of those things where for Christmas time, mom and dad, they got me uh, some equipment, and uh, they said, listen, try this out. And my dad was a hockey player. He grew up in uh, Kirkland Lake, Ontario. And oh, okay. So he just said, just try this out and see if you like it. And I came back and said, you can get me hockey stuff every Christmas because I want to play hockey. I love oh, it. Oh, cool. And that's how it was. It was really cool. Yeah. Were you pretty good right away? I guess I was okay. You know, I'm liking a lot of things I do. Like, my, I like to play a lot of golf. I'm very visual. Even when I was picking up the figure skating show with, uh, with, with my wife, you know, I just, it was almost one of those things where don't tell me to do, do it. Show me what to do. Okay. And I'll see it and I can kind of pick it up. Right. And uh, it was just one of those things where I watched a coach or someone work on the skating and doing the shooting and, you know, figure out the, the, the body positioning on, take the shot, do all that stuff. And I kind of picked it up. And I think it was, I had the competitive nature right away. I think that's part of my dad's yeah. nature. My dad was, yeah, that's what I remember you. I mean, listen, you're a great hockey player, but your competitive nature, your toughness, mental and physical toughness is what I remember about you and your play. So, yeah, you had that. Hey, real quick, I know we're going to bounce around here a little bit. Battle of the Blades, you met your wife there. How did that come about? How'd you get on the show? Danical. Oh, so because Ken Danico did the first ever show, we were the we were the fourth one, but I guess the uh, producers and stuff were asking Ken if he knew anybody that would um, be a good maybe a good candidate and would want to do it. Right. And so he called me and uh, said, "Listen, you know the show I did, you know, a few years back, and uh, you know they're asking me to compete. I thought you'd be a great candidate." I said, "I'm in. I'm tell, okay. tell them to call me, email me, and uh, yeah." And I did it. It was it was it was one of the best things I ever did. Yeah, I got I, you know I obviously I always got the 
to meet my wife and, and, and marry her and that. But there's just the, the whole, what they do. I mean, well, they put a lot of their life in, 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 in our hands and trust us, which is quite impressive. Right. But the amount of uh, work that they put, you think we work. Wow. They put in, I remember talking to her and she was like, yeah, so for our training is, you know, we work about mm, three hours on the ice, go for lunch, come back three hours on the ice, go to ballet class, do a workout, and then repeat every day. Wow. And they don't get paid to do it. They're they aren't guaranteed to win a medal. So you never won a medal. I mean, it's it's it's. Right. I'm like, so we what we do is we go to the rink, have coffee, have a bagel. We'll practice for an hour, maybe have an optional. The odd, you know, once a week, you know, twice a week, we're out in the gym, and that's it. Right. So, go for go for a few beers together. Yeah. So you didn't know your wife until you met her at the show. No. Yeah, I met her. So I, well, I met her. So we had to do. Uh, it was like in July. The show started on this, uh, started in September the, the September first, uh, twenty thirteen. So in July, we had to all she had, she was she was training here in Jersey with her brother when she all oh. when she was retired from her second Olympics. So she lived in Jersey with her brother, and we just flew together, happened to be on the same plane, fly to Toronto just to meet kind of the cast, right? Try on our figure skates, right? And I, I talked to her on the plane, and then on there and back, and then uh, we trained together, and then when we did the show, we separated. Then we did the show. That's what we've been together ever since. Well, let's talk a little romance here. Like, is it love at first sight or what? Oh, here we go. Come on. Let's go. Um, well, no, nobody's listening. Nobody's who, left, just us. Who lemons are the greatest invention I've ever. <laughs> and um, we just did it off. You know, my girl, she's from, she's from Scotland. She's a Scottish oh. girl. And yeah. um, she's tough as nails and a lot of fun. And she's so, I can be more of the stressful one and the, the hypery. And she's just the, like, we'll figure it out tomorrow. It's okay. 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 Wow. Cool. So she keeps me kind of grounded and keeps me kind of relaxed, um, which is which is hard. Did she got any sisters? She got, well, she's got two brothers. Uh, that doesn't help. That doesn't help. Right. I'm, I'm <laughs> open right now. And one, and one, yeah, one's 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 married. Oh, okay. Uh, well, we're, 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 we're like going down that road. She's a doctor in uh, in Miami, so and, and, and we should just tell our the American listeners that Battle of the Blades is basically Dancing with the Stars. It uh, is in exactly. Canada. Yeah, it's, it's a huge show. Right. In Canada. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and you know what? You know what's even cool about. You can they can't you can't find it in the states because it was all you know the, the music rights and all this stuff in Canada. But you YouTube it and it shows one scene. She listens to me in the air. Oh, is that right? I've been yeah, watching that. It's really really cool. You should get that. It's really really cool. She listens to me in the air. We opened the show, and she was known because she's one of the stronger figure skaters. She she's always left her brother, and I'm bigger than her brother. And oh. she, she lifted me in the air. Now, what were you thinking the first time that happened? Like I better fall right, man. No, well, you know it's so funny because we we we. Doing the you know the practice during the season during the um you know on, on the off days and practices and they said this is what we're gonna do let's try this I'm like fucking way I'm lifting yeah. whoa I'm doing this I kept trying so they said she was trust me trust me so we gotta do it you just gotta kick your leg back and you do it and then we kept doing it kept doing it it was great then we do dress rehearsal and I had to, I grabbed her knee in the wrong spot and it buckled us and I did a face plant <laughs> but it what I I remember when we did it we did the show live and it was perfect. And then I remember watching it again. I screenshot it. And then you zoom into the screenshot. You see me. My face is right where her right butt cheek is. Close. Smiling the whole time. <laughs> I said, that just thumbed up with my, with my lip was all about. Oh, that's fantastic. That's good. That's good stuff. Granted, you last more than three episodes on your um, your show. We lost in the semifinals, actually. Yeah, we were good. We did what we, it was hard because we were dancers. And the, and the people that won was um, Scott Thornton. Oh, and uh, Emmanuel Bohr, and they do the ones you know they just do all the big lifts and stuff. Oh, okay. Which so for the the live show, the fans love that we do all the dance. We do lifts and stuff. But we do all the dancing and fast stuff, all that stuff, which I I like doing. 
and I'm not the strongest guy. But on on the TV, it was more of a wow factor when you see guys doing the big lift. Sure, sure. So then we, the judges, we we won most of the weeks, a lot of the weeks live, but then also to go by the by the fans that to vote in. Right. So a lot of times we were in middle of the pack, or the odd time we were the last two. So if you're the bottom two scores from the fan voting, you have to have a skate off. Oh. And then in the skate off, it goes back to the main judges that are live, and we knew that we were the best team when it comes to skating, that we were going to win the live judging anyways. Right. It was just a pain that we had to do an extra skate. But we just won the semifinals. It was all right. Just so you know, too, Tom is making fun of me because I was on Survivor. I got voted off fifth overall out of 20 people out there, so he thinks. Fifth me first. Voted off fifth. Right. Well, yeah. Fifth. So you 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 won five weeks. It's five weeks, yes. Yeah. So uh, Tom, was sit, Tom was sitting on the couple. If, yeah. if you want to binge. I'm talking to you, Tom. What's going on? Dude? Yeah, exactly. True. No, yeah. True. Yeah. 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 Sitting on the couch. <laughs> Went to the bathroom and <laughs> the toilet. You're, cur- you're cursing the whole time. I didn't Oh yeah. Right away. He didn't know he didn't know me that. Yeah. You were probably like laughing at me, weren't you? Absolutely. <laughs> Who's this white rock imitator of my my sons, uh, we had two sons of thirty two and twenty nine. So we're watching the opening night and their all their buddies were uh, like you were walking around in your underwear out on the beaches there and all his buddies were uh, sending messages like tell your father to put a sock in that. It's gonna get bigger. Dude, man, you gotta be you gotta promote yourself. I wasn't thinking. I was not thinking in, of that. In fairness to Tom two socks. In, 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 <laughs> in fairness to Tom, it's very cold in feet. Oh god. But Tom, listen, you 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 packed that thing with a couple of socks. You might have went more. You might have went a couple more weeks. They actually have websites where the women and men judge the uh, penis size of the uh, distance of the show. I'm out. I'm I'm out. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get two. I'm gonna I'm gonna get tuna can. Are you? I said I was. I'm hung like a button on a fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I think they like in Canada we don't have big ones. I think it's Canadian thing to have small ones. No. Listen, <laughs> I got a I got a little guy, but I'll give you 110 percent of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this dog turn. Oh God, that's funny. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, I was going to tell my Goldie Hawn story, but I told that. <laughs> no, let's hear it. 
So uh, we're now in L.A. there. Wayne Gretzky obviously shows up. So now all the movie stars are coming in the locker room after the game, men and women. So Goldie Hawn's in there with Kurt Russell. And uh, I'd love to tell you that she was staring at me. She was not. She just looked around the room. So, you know, yeah, I got to get undressed. So I dropped my gear, the gear. And as she's looking around the room, she just looks at me at that, like, for half a second. She looked at me. I'm thinking to myself, God, I hope it's not cold in here. You know? I go, I don't. Freaking, uh, freaking. <laughs> for people under 40, Goldie Hawn is Kate Hudson's mother. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I know. Exactly. I remember we were there. I was in Dallas, and they they they're big. I think Madonna was talking. He, he was talking uh, Kurt quite a bit, and she was there, and she looked great. I mean, yeah, they both yeah. great. And then yeah, yeah they of did. course you know. All right, so you grew up in Mississauga. You're a good hockey player. Um, just played like the, all the way travel teams, and everything, all the way up. I I was I played you know, with the the I started off with the uh, the Marlies, mm-hmm. and then I went with the chop the young Nats the, the Nats, and then oh. and, um. From there, it was good. We had good teams. It was always good competitive against those two teams. And it just, you know, it was very getting drafted, getting, getting drafted the Ottawa 67th. It was, right. was great for me. Plus, you, you remember Brian Kilray being. Yeah, that's right. Great, great. Well, him and Pat Burns were probably my two favorite coaches ever. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, because of the style of I play, I was. Yeah. Right? I was that, you know, I was that up and down winger. I, I love hitting. I, I, I didn't mind fighting. So I fit their mold of how they like coaching. Sure for me so that was always a big plus for me but yeah growing up in toronto is just, yeah, and you know it is it's like a it's a big pond with a, with a lot of fish yeah and yeah. you have to you have to battle it out you have to you have to be good obviously but you have to um really work at it because there's such a big um a big pool of players that come out yeah now we we were playing ottawa then do you believe in that you could play in the national hockey league i had an age i i i well when i, got, I had an age when i was uh 13 oh you did Who'd you? and um and well and he started, I, so that, that, when they started noticing me there, I said, well, they have right. an opportunity here. But my dad always kept me grounded. Like, you've done nothing. You oh. need to, like, listen, you just need to work. Don't even worry about this whole agent stuff. You're not going anywhere with his agent. You're not doing anything yet. You just need to keep working every day. And then, obviously, it got to a point where he was a young agent at the time. Uh, his name was Eugene McBurney. Oh. And and uh, when things started really going and with the draft, he passed me on to uh, Pat Morris with oh. the Donnie Meehan's agency. So that's where I kind of really knew. You know, things were going to go work well for me. And then drafted by the Devils, obviously? No, I was drafted by the Leafs. Oh, you were? I didn't know that. That's why yeah. you weren't his agent, Tom. Yeah, but I didn't know he was drafted by the Leafs. Dra- no, I was drafted by the, by the Leafs in 1992. Yeah, first round. Oh, you were first round? Well, by, yeah, huh. by the Leafs. It was, uh, it, was, it was one of those things where I remember in the draft, you know, you do all the interview process and stuff. It came down where I was ranked. By that year, I was ranked like 13th. And the Leafs were picking 8th. And they went with a guy by the name of, do you remember the name Brandon Convery? Yeah, sure. See, yeah. they went with Brandon Convery. He was ranked fifth. Wasn't his father the big rich guy from out west or something like that? Is that the guy I'm thinking about? No, that's Convery. Oh, my God, Convery. Right, Convery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He owned yeah. Brent. Yes, that's right. Yeah. No, this is Brandon Convery. Brandon Convery played, like, I think he maybe played 40 games. I don't know. Okay. NHL. But he was ranked fifth. I was ranked 13th. And the Leafs were picking eighth. They went with the, you know, they always go with the higher rate player. Sure. So they picked him, and then the rumor was we talked to him that they actually really wanted to draft me. But I guess drafting me at, at five was a little too high. So what ended up happening, they only had the one pick. So when it came down to the 23rd pick with Washington, they traded with Washington to get back into the first round. Oh, okay. So they uh, they drafted me again. So it was two picks in the first round, and, uh, you know, I got traded. I played a year. I went back. I almost made actually I almost made the team that year. That was with Pat Burns and what? Clark and Gilmore and that. And I was the last cut. They sent me back to junior. To Ottawa, where we had a terrible team, and uh, you know, I, Brian Kilroy, we just weren't good. And so, like ten games in or whatever, he traded me within the division to um, to Newmarket, well, which would have been close to Toronto. 
Right. And so Toronto can see me more. And I had a, I had, a, I had the same body year I had the year before. I didn't get much better. Right. It was kind of frustrating. And so I didn't have quite as good a training camp the next year. And then they sent me to Newfoundland, St. John's for mm-hmm. for a year, which was great. I love. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. That happens to a lot of guys though. They go into a pro camp and then they come back to junior. It's almost like a little bit of a letdown, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was, you know, my fault. And I yeah. got a little bit, possibly without really purposely doing it. I probably got a little yeah. bit arrogant, a little bit cocky. Yeah. Thinking, well, geez, I almost made the team. And then I come back. I didn't have a bad year, but I didn't, I, I didn't right. progress as best as I should have. Right. But I also believe, honestly, unless you are like the elite players that are, I mean, yep. you're not going to see Conor McDavid again for another while. Yeah, totally. You're not going to see the Crosby for a while. That's, I get that. But I, so in saying that, if you're not those five, ten guys, I think it's so good to play in the minors. For no you. kidding, no kidding. You got to to turn pro at 18 years old. Everything like the socially, you know, playing in the national. That's the league. biggest thing yeah. right there. Learn, it's not always to be how to learn how to be a pro on the ice. You got to learn how to be a pro off the ice. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Hand yourself at the bar. I just hand these people. You know, we you meet families and they bring you in and have dinners and stuff. It was so great. That make that was real important to me. You know, especially when I got to be. Then when I got traded to Dallas, I'm 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 with a lot of older uh, professional guys, a lot of guys from Montreal, the Keens, the Carbonos, okay. the Hulls, Belfours, all these guys, the Reeds. Um, and I was, you know, like I knew how to handle myself when you got such a veteran team because I, I think being on the road and being in the minors, it kind of it, it grooms you that way. Well, Grant, Grant, let's go back a bit because you're drafted by your hometown team. Like what kind of pressure is that on you at, at that time, at 18? You know, it was, it was, yeah, it was, I didn't really feel it that much, but I also knew that, you know, the Leafs are, yeah. you, know, you know, they're like God, right? It's like, yeah. it's the only Canadian teams and you're from that hometown. Um, it was huge. Funny, I got traded. When I got traded, um, I found out going to the gym on, on the fan, uh, on the radio that uh, the Leafs have traded me to Dallas. And I'm like, then I call my agent. He goes, yeah, I just found out myself. I'm like, I just found out on the radio. Wow. Um, but you That's know, odd. Usually the team calls you before that gets out like that, right? Yeah. It did, they didn't, and they didn't. Oh. Yeah, it was one of, it didn't. I got home, and I finally, my agent talked to them. And then the funny thing was, I got a call from Bob Gaten. Oh. And so Bob Gaten's the GM in Dallas at the time, right? Right. right. So how how would you think of, think of, think of you being me in the living room, get yeah. a call from Bob Gaten, this is what he says. And it was great. I love, like, he's a phenomenal, brilliant yeah. man. But yeah. my first conversation, he goes, Grant, just want to let you know, we traded for you. We're excited that we, we have you. I got to be honest, I've never seen you play. <laughs> I'm like, That's honest. I, I'm, I, Mom, not making the team next year. Oh, but my God. You know that right now. That's funny. And well, CMs would not admit that. I had a good training camp and that had a year to mine. So Toronto ultimately called you, right? Trump they did, they did, they did, but it was really brief. It was more my through my agent, but I did talk to him briefly. Um, but you know what? I'm glad that I, I I got out of there. Being young, being in Toronto, yeah, yeah. I think I would have wanted if I wanted to play in Toronto, it would have been near the end of my career. Right. Um, this was good to get away from home. Like gets back to what I was saying, right? Playing in the minors, be, learning how to be a pro, learning how to live on your own. I did that when I played junior a bit, but it's not the same. Right. You're a pro, you get your apartment, you do all that. It was just so much better being away. And with Dallas, you played another year in the minors before you made it up? I played another year in Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo, okay. Michigan. Kalamazoo, uh, Western Michigan, or so. Well, yeah. Go. Well, you know what? You know, the hard part, I think, for me, going to, I don't mind going back a little bit again yeah. with, the, with, with, with Toronto. So I was, I grew up in minor hockey playing uh, a lot, playing defense. 
Oh, I didn't know. And yeah, I love it. I love I love defense, and I was more of that offensive defenseman. And then when it came, you know, as I got to progress more in minor hockey, I was I was a winger. I got drafted to Ottawa as a right winger, but I always played in the point in the power play. So I had that versatility of both going back and forth, which I think really really helped me. Yeah. But when I came to Toronto and I, and you know in the training camp I was a forward, and I had great great success at my first training camp. Like I said, I didn't make the team, but you know I was young. Then I came back and didn't have quite the camp. Then I'm in Newfoundland in St. John's, and you know they, they developed me as a right winger. We're hurt. We had so many guys hurt on defense. The whole first half of the Christmas time, they asked me to play defense, huh? which basically was fine because I can I had that you know knowledge of how to play defense. Yeah, but my it stunted my growth as a yeah, no as, yeah. as a forward. That how they wanted me to how they wanted they perceived me to be for the future for the team. So I think that kind of hurt me a bit, and I played well, but I was more defense. And then they traded me because they, you know, they felt like they had a better offer down the road, which backfired in the end on them. But who did they go for? Dallas. But what was they, the trade? They trade. I got traded. It was that deal where uh, Mike Craig. Remember Mike Craig? Yeah, sure. He was the the right winger, and I guess he had a hot year or whatever. So they traded Peter Zezel. Oh yeah, for Mike Craig, and it had to be a first rounder. Well. Remember, we, I said we had the two first rounders. It was uh, Brand Convery and me, right. and it went to an arbitrator. I think it was, and the arbitrator said, "Well, Brand Convery's a higher pick. That's too much compensation to give. So we're going to give you the second pick, which was me. So I was in that deal. That's how it worked out." Oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, for Mike Craig, and Mike Craig didn't do anything. No. I think in the end, oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, you know, yeah. well, so now, so you played the year of the minors in Kalamazoo. Then next year, you come up to training camp and make the team. I did. Yeah. Ken Hitchcock was my coach in Kalamazoo. How'd you like him? Ken Hitchcock was the coach. <laughs> so him and I, so he is passionate, gets the game. Yeah. Um, I felt for me, he was more all about the higher profile players. Like he was so worried to lose their respect and their yeah. whatever it is. But we're the meat and potatoes of the team as well, yeah, right? Totally. So I remember a young guy and with me in Kalamazoo and we're all now the next year we're up in, cause Hitchcock was our coach. We're up in, in, in going into uh play for Dallas. And he's like, well, coach knows us. I'm like, this is going to be tough on us. See why? And I played all the time. I played almost every game, but he was always riding me. I had no problem being ridden. You can yell at me, you can right. do all that stuff, but do it in the right way. Like I'm yeah. fighting, I'm doing all these things. Acknowledge the fact that I'm, I'm trying to be the best team guy going. Right. But because it's easy to get on me, the third, fourth line guy, I go like you'd be one of those things. Get calling you in once a week, saying, "Yeah, I need more from you." I go, "You're playing me nine minutes," and I'm fighting the big guys. I go, "Would you say that to Madonna?" No, I wish I get. So we always we always butted heads quite a bit. Oh, okay. uh, I respected him. Uh, I respected him as a coach, very very good coach. But he just he got to the point where, you know, and I'm giving you guys a lot, and. Yeah. I can do more if you want me to do more. I'll try my best, but you got to stop riding me for things that right. you know aren't valid. Yeah, I I almost felt like I don't even know the man, but the players when I was in the age business and played for him, I, I kind of I got the feeling he's a little bit of a phony that it was like he's putting on a show for the media more than he is. Like you know, like he like you said he didn't do that. Yeah, I could see that. I just think it. I mean, I just think at the point where something just was being a dick. Yeah, like, right. we had the best team. Like we were we we're pretty unstoppable, right. but you just. He was so got so rattled a lot. It, did and, uh, did Hull ever stick up for you, Grant? Because I know he would go and pitch quite a bit. He he, he suck up. You know, he's 
everyone, you know, the best leaders, you know, the, uh, for me was Mike Keene. Oh yeah. I like oh, him. Yeah. yeah. He stuck yeah. up. He stuck up for me. He stuck up for a lot of guys. Um, oh, so he went at Hitchcock to stick up for you guys. Oh yeah. I remember, I remember one time saying, we well, fucking leave him alone. God, he's doing everything. Stop. He really said that to him. Wow. Oh, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. It was, wow. it was Mike Keene would probably be Brian Skrulin. Those two guys. Yeah. They were not Guy Carbon or those three Montreal guys. Like they, I'll tell you uh, two funny stories. Good. Let's go. You don't mind. What well, was, I remember Hitcher come in. We were playing really well and he came into practice on, in the in the locker room. And so Brett Hull, myself, Madonna, and Carbon, we always golfed together. That was a group. Brett was my my partner all the time. But, anyways, Hitcher come in. Hitchcock comes in and goes, All right, boys, listen, we're not going to go long. We're only going 30 minutes in practice today. Get a good, good skate in. That's all we're doing, 30 minutes. Okay. So get on the ice. We're skating around, doing some drills. 30 minutes comes in, he calls us in. He goes, guys, I want to do some more. We got to get some more. I'm not happy with some of the things. Uh, so I want to do a work on a, whatever it was, like down low or something. All of a sudden, hole in the down, start skating off. <laughs> and, and, and we're in the corner, right? We're in the, in the center ice. He goes, where are you guys going? <laughs> All he goes, around, he goes, looks at us, he goes, you said 30 minutes. I got a tea time. 30 minutes, 30 minutes. I'm off. Right, so I'm the young one of the young guys. Sark grabs you guys starting going off. I'm like, but I can't be the first going off with these guys. So I just waited. We all came off the ice and practice was over. Oh, he never said it. His cock didn't say anything else. Got home. That's classic. That's right. a great story. And then another time we were in LA and we just had an 11, 12 game win. We, we were playing phenomenal. We weren't losing. Well, like the 12th game, whatever, we lost the game. So now we're in LA that night. And then the next day, we're not supposed to have a practice. With his cocks and live until we lost this game. Guy Carbo on the bus was like being French. Like he goes, he goes, Marshy, what do you expect? He goes, he goes, we win like 11 in a row. We lose the 12th game. And he's all over the, us. He goes, what do you think it's going to be? A pick a every night? And I went, a pick a so. Pick a Let's pick a so. He goes, you know, the painter. The painter. I go, I go, I guess. Oh, I love it. No, Guy, you're right. Because he's, but this is what he was. So then we get the, Oh. Then the next day, we're supposed to have no skate. Hitchcock goes, uh, we're all, you guys are skating. So all of a sudden, Mike Keene goes, bye. Where are you? So Hitchcock is riding the bike, you know, the stationary bike. And now remember, Hitchcock is about 300 pounds, too. He right? was. He was a big boy, yeah. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, all right, fine. We're all going on the ice. But we got Mike Keene puts on Hitchcock's coach's uniform, the whole coach's uniform. <laughs> Whistle, everything, skates on the ice. We come, we're already on the ice, and here he comes, and he, and he, I don't know if you ever hear a kid's talk, but he's, yeah, 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 yeah. All of a sudden, you're my kid, and this other like, hurry up, guys, skate. Kid talks on the bike. Oh, that's classic. Oh, this is unreal right now. Yeah, it was my kid. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh yeah, I liked it before. I liked it before as a player, but hearing those stories even more so now. Yeah, we Hitchcock. I'm telling you, we were in the locker room. Another one, another locker room. Hitchcock come in. Mike Keen and I staying. In the locker room, uh, Madonna's kind of with us. Hitchcock walks in and goes, hey, Mo, how are you? Keen goes, oh, we're okay, too. That's just thanks. Then I said hi to you. Keen went up to him, grabbed him, pretending he was going to wrestle, and wrestled him to the ground. I'm going to get you. I can just see that because, again, Hitchcock's this big man. Oh, God, fantastic. Honestly, the best leader I've ever played with. Wow, that is good. Wow, he's a hard-nosed player, too. He's a good player. Oh, yeah. He never drafted. Oh, is that right? Well, never drafted, won three cups. Wow. So how many years were you in Dallas total? I was there, what, going on, almost, uh, what, almost seven years, six and a half, seven years. I was exactly. in, uh, I, I got traded in 2001 to Columbus. 
Oh, I didn't know Columbus. Well, we got to talk about 99, though. Yeah, so you won a cup. Yeah, 99. Yeah, we had a great team. Yeah. We were good. We were, we were, we were good. That was, Brett, was, that, was that against Buffalo? Was that against yeah. Buffalo that you won? We beat Buffalo, yeah. And I'll check. That's where Brett Hall had his toe in the uh, crease there. That's right. Everyone was bitches about it. I'm like, guys, stop. I go, well, and I, and I, but I also did remember saying to people, I go, listen, if the shoe was on the other foot, I'd be bitching. Yeah. We're so brainwashed from the, because of the league saying, you're in the crease, you're in the crease, no goal, no goal, no goal. Well, really, the rule is if you are in the crease without competing anything, right, and you have possession of the puck, you're good. Yeah. But it, that play hardly ever happened. Yeah. It just so happened that it was the worst time. So it's a bad time, to, a tough time, a tough way to win, tough way to lose. Right. Well, so growing up as a kid in Canada, dreaming of playing in the National Hockey League, winning the cup, I never won the cup. So how'd that feel when you won? It was a, it was, it was, it was massive because we can backtrack again. I don't know if you know about my major injury that I had. No. So my first year junior, I broke my neck playing hockey. Whoa! I did know. I did know that. I did know that. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So that that kind of good segue into into the the whole mindset of playing. Yeah. When I was my first year playing in Ottawa. Um, I got, I was playing in Sudbury against Sudbury and I went back for the puck and then I got hit from behind and I went head first on the boards and I was, uh, my spine was bruised. I was paralyzed for a few minutes on the ice. Oh, you had to be scared to death, right? That's how. I, I, and I was cautious the whole time. Yeah, I was, I was, I was frightened. And I mean, they carried me off the ice. Like they didn't put me in a stretcher. It was a shit show. Oh, really? They, so you were paralyzed on the ice and they didn't take you out in a stretcher. Wow. No. I'll, I'll I'll even I'll even take it to another uh, more for you. I'm on the I'm conscious all the time. They take my helmet off. They ask how I'm doing. I'm going because now I at first I couldn't have any feeling. Then I gained feeling, and you feel like you just got your head kicked. You know you're just so tired. Two guys picked me up, carried me off the ice. My arms are over the shoulders. My legs are dragging. Jeez, I'm sitting in my stall. Okay, in my stall, not knowing I broke my neck, and I'm going. Oh, so you're spinning your head around. Just sore, not knowing. So they put me on the table. Their doctor, we're on the road, mind you. Run, grab my neck. He goes, I don't know. I don't, I can't tell much, but I go, we should get an X-ray just in case. And if ever they said, should we call call cab? They said, no, no, no. We'll, we'll gotta get an ambulance. Take them. So the thing was, my parents they went to every junior game I played except for that game oh, because it was this bad blizzard. So I overheard the doctors there, you know, they put me in a seat clamp and I overheard him saying that I fractured my fourth vertebrae. I blew up my fifth vertebrae and I fractured my sixth vertebrae. Wow. So I was in tears hearing that. My sister and my dad had to make the trip again anyways because I'm there. They ended up, what happened was they put a halo on me. I had to get air ambulance back to Toronto where I had a seven hour operation. Wow. Yeah, and then, um, and the thing was that, you know, the, the, the big part of the story was the doctors were telling my mom that my surgery, everything went well, all is going to be good, I'll be able to live a normal life, I'll be able to play sports, some sports, but in his professional opinion, I'll never be able to play hockey ever again. Well, So the doctors said, my mom said, go, you go tell Grant the same thing that you just told me. So I remember, I remember this when the doctor came in, said the exact same thing. He goes, Grant, you're going to be living a normal life, do all the things 16 year old kids do. You'll even be able to play some sports, but I don't think you should ever, you'll ever be able to play, unfortunately, hockey ever again. So I said to him, I said, okay. I said, I respect your opinion. I remember this. I said, but I go, you just said I'm going to live a normal life. You just said I'm going to be able to play some sports. Hockey's a sport like no, any other sure. sport. Sure. I don't see why I can't play that, play, play hockey. 
He said, well, that's just my professional opinion. Yeah. And, uh, I, uh, you know, four months later, I ended up playing in the in the playoffs against Eric Lindros. So, oh. did you have to wear a special brace or anything? I had to wear not when I played. No. Well, no, take no, that, I, doctor. My oh, first God. shift, my guess, my first shift. What? I had to get a doctor's. Funny thing, I had to get a doctor's note to be allowed to play because Brian Kelly goes, "I could put you on the ice. You're too hard. You're not a wire." Yeah, I go, "I can play. I can play." Wow. And because uh, I was playing in the summer, in the winter time, while the guys were on the road, I had a halo on. In Ottawa, after school, I'd go on the ponds and play hockey in the pond. Like an idiot. With, bir- with the birdcage on your head? With a bird. Yeah, it's fun, Bob. It was an idiot. So then I got the doctor's note. I get to play. We're in Oshawa. First game, uh, my game, first game against, it was like the sixth game, whatever, against uh, Lindros and Oshawa. First shift, I beeline and run right out of here. I just ran him as hard as I can. I did a 180 face plant. He just stood there, looked at me. But you know what? fall off the horse you gotta get yeah that's true yeah wow so has it ever bothered you since i knew right then i'm gonna be fine has it ever bothered you since my neck hurts every day oh shoot well but i mean i it's like i'm used to it It just aches it aches right when you had your first day with the cup did you take it back to that doctor's office (laughs) i didn't know well funny was the guy that did the surgery on me was well now i'm doctor he wasn't the one at home that it was just the other guy that looked after you after that right right the one that said it and i respect that and i get it yeah sure he wasn't he wasn't an athlete he wasn't a hockey player i don't say yeah. much so i get it i told right. you he, he i you know he, the other part of you the chance of me going in that same situation we're right. gonna happen again i got hit from behind a guy guy was dirty on me this right. you know the way it was uh but no it was uh but but, but getting you know fast forward to you know winning the cup and Sure. The feelings, all this cumulative yeah. into my head thinking, you know what? You know, I just want to get drafted. Wow. You know, I, I was, I was, when I got hurt that year in Ottawa, when I broke my neck, it was, remember, it was, there was rules that you could only get drafted in the first three rounds. Yeah. So Boston, I had to, uh, Detroit brought me in to do an interview with them because they were thinking of drafting the third round. Right. And I told my agent, I said, no, I don't want to go in the third round. I'm not going. I go, I want to come back. I'm a full year in junior and I want to go in the first sure. round. Sure. And that's what happened. Well, that's that's a great story. I didn't know that. I, yeah, I, I heard that you hurt your neck, but I didn't know it was that. that kind of yeah, the very wow. very fortunate. Yeah. So when you win the cup, then you're thinking to yourself, like you go back on that journey and recovering from that with the exactly. doctor and all those things. Well, exactly. That's, cool. that's what it was. It was just one of those things. My family, I owe everything to my mom and dad and what they did, and and my sister. And it was just you know, so that that came into it. That was um, it was uh, that just that's cool. Solidified for me. Everything else yeah. kind of great. Yeah, very cool. So then you get traded to New Jersey. Who did you get traded for? Well, from da- from 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 Columbus, they got Columbus. I forgot about Columbus. Yes, yeah. So in Columbus, I love playing Columbus. We had a horrible team, but I love playing in Columbus. Um, I got traded the deadline. At uh, I was in, we were I remember we were in Carolina for a game, and that afternoon I was having a pregame meal, and there was rumors that the deadline that I was going to go to either Ottawa or Tampa. So whatever, I, I'm going anywhere. I just want to play hockey. It didn't matter to me. And but I didn't want to get traded. But I also didn't want to get traded. I knew we, we were well. Worst team in the league, but I'm like, I'm loyal. I want to stay here, blah, blah, blah. My oldest daughter was born there. Fine. I don't need to get traded, but whatever it is, it is what it is. So the PR guy tapped me the shoulder, and I looked at him, and I go, where am I going? And he goes, Doug, Doug McClain wants to call you. So I knew when I called him. He goes, listen, we just traded New Jersey. And I remember going, New Jersey? Wow. He goes, yeah, they, the Lou, Lou really wants you. You know, you've won a cop already, and he likes you, what you bring to the table. And he, he thinks you're one of the pieces that they're missing that they you could help with them. And I said, oh. All right. And I think I got traded for, I can't remember. I think it was like a third rounder. Oh, or okay. third, But then if I played most of the playoff games, that bumped up to a third rounder or something right. like that. 
and I played every I played every game. Which was so what happened to Dallas that got you traded? So this is a funny story, kind of. Um, I kind of facilitated. I kind of wanted. Oh, okay. In part because I was um I was tired of Hitch. Uh, yeah, no kidding. And I needed I needed uh, I needed to break away from that. I won a cup. I played a lot. I enjoy. I love that. I love the city. Yeah. I still love the city and the fans. Yeah, it's a good city. Tired. Like this is not. I'm not having fun. Right. You know, I'm I'm doing everything I can with the team and player teammates are amazing, but I'm just don't feel like I'm being respected. What I what I can uh-huh. do. So that summer before I got traded, my agent, uh, Pat Morris, but his, the main guy, remember Don Meehan? Yep, sure. He was turning 50 at the time, so he flew 113 of us to Scotland and Ireland for a while. I remember that. They had some some general managers too, right? Bob Gainey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bob Clark. I remember people were all upset about that because that's kind of a conflict, right? You're flying, like you're supposed to be doing business with those guys and then you're flying them over to Scotland. I remember. Yeah. Fucking unbelievable. Yeah. I mean the amount. It was so much fun, right. and I remember. I remember after playing around, we were at the the old playing the old course, and there's the bar called Jilly's. And I remember talking to Bob Strum, who was the yeah. one of the heads for Columbus at the time. Yeah, you know him. Do you remember him? Yeah, I've done business with him. When he was in Vegas in the uh, internet. Bob him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's I a funny dude. Talking to him, and he was talking. His dog McLean was from PEI. I lived in PEI at the time with my first wife, so he knew who I was. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, I go listen. I would have no problem getting out of Dallas. I want to. I want to bring my. I think I can take my career to another level. And he goes, "Well, I know Doug likes you." I go, "Well, I'll tell you right now. You work your trade, and I'll go to. I'll go to Columbus. You let me. Know, I'll go tomorrow. I would love to go there." He goes, "Really?" I go, "Absolutely." Because I also knew that you know I'd be one of the older players, one of the sure. you know top players on the team at the time. I said, "I want to go." I'm telling him. He goes, "Let me talk." So I guess he talked to him with thinking. I lived in PEI, so Doug was there. So I got like a phone call. I was playing on the golf course. I got a phone call saying that Dallas is going to trade you to Columbus. Oh, well. And I'm like, good job. Yeah, worked it out. Why? Good job. You did that. I worked it out. I played almost two years there, and I got traded the deadline to, um, to then I got traded the deadlines in New Jersey. So was Jersey a good team at that point when you got yeah. traded? Yeah. Yeah, they were good. Huh? They're real good. Yeah. You know, we were, yeah. They, so I, that's why I think, you know, did they need me? Well, I, I I was impactful. I did well. Yeah, sorry, and I, and I helped out. But they were legit. They were first place. Yeah. Um. But Lou is one of those guys. Like Lou is the best. Like, yeah. If you're one of his guys, right? You're you're part of the family. If you're one of his guys, right? I get text him. He always texts back. He's, he's in Long Island. He is like love him. Like he is, and you don't f around with him. Yeah. But if you're loyal, right, and you do things the right way, even if you make mistakes and you own it, yeah. So he's he'll he'll die for it. He's the best. Yeah. How many years were you there? So I got straight in 03, and then I retired in 08. But I oh. finished I finished in the minors. I got, it was West, we got, how much I love Lou. It was uh, my last year and a bit in, I got going to training camp, but because of salaries and certain things, he had to want to get some of the young guys in, so then David Clarkson ended up taking my job. Oh, okay. That's right. I knew if I went to the minors, I wasn't coming back. Right. And that's just how it was with where it worked. So Lou was like, listen, I got, I got something we got to do. And I'm like, all right. And then I had a good year in the minors. I was more of a mentor. Um, they treated me well. I worked my butt off. I did what I could do. I'm still playing hockey. I'm still making money. I'm still doing more than what other people ever would do. So sure. hockey. Absolutely. And I remember having a good year and it, I, 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 at, at the end of the season, I went in and talked to Lou, and he goes, "Listen, I, I'm really proud of you for what you what you did, the attitude that you showed being down there. I know it was hard." He goes, "What do you want to do?" And I said, "I said, well, I, I want to play another. I play one, play one. I want to play another year." 
but I think I can make the team here. I, I, I want an opportunity. He goes, I absolutely agree with you. We'll sign you again. And uh, you come to camp and you give it and you have a shot. You, never, you always have a shot with me. Who's, so, coach, who's coach at that time? I had Claude Julien. Oh, okay. Claude Julien. Yep. So get this. I'm in Lou's office. We just had that conversation, right? And I love him. I do love the man. So after he says all that stuff, yep, you come back and you work and, you know, we'll see how things work out. But, yes, right after that, I go, oh, how's um, one of our coaches? Go, how is he doing? I knew his health wasn't doing very good. He goes, oh, let's look, give him a call. I go, okay. So he called me. Hey, he goes, yeah, I'm with Marshy. So, listen, he's going to he's gonna come back one more year. He's going to go back down to the minors, have another good year with the boys and work with the young kids. So, I'm like. Oh, God, that's funny. So I went down there with my guy. I, I, in my mind, I was thinking this was my last year. I didn't want to play in the minors anymore. With the my, you know, I saw I was kind of work, worked my butt off there. But I also knew, I told Lou, listen, when I'm done, I want to come back. I want to work for the organization. And with the alumni, and he goes, sold. You already, that's that's good. Whenever you want to do that, you let me know. So I knew at the end of the year I was going to come home. Right. And you won the cup one more year there in, in New Jersey too, right? I won yeah. three with Jersey. Yeah, the year I got yeah. from Columbus at the deadline. Well, that's the year I got... Uh, I won the cup. It was great. I, I came here. I was playing on Gomez's Elias line. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, great. How, how was how was the reaction to you guys when when Berdor didn't get the uh, the Smythe? Did you think he got robbed? Um, well, in the moment, you always kind of think you're always gonna you're always gonna you know pump your own your own teammate. Sure. But we were such a team that was so driven with our focus is that big cup. Sure. And Marty was our best leader along with Stevens. He was like. Jaguar can win that trophy, but we won the real trophy. Well, that's strength. Wait a minute. Now, deep down, he, was he probably pissed? Yes. Yeah. But he he says all the right things. He always says the right things. He's the greatest goal I've ever, ever played with. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're like, would you rather with raise the cup or raise the, the best, you know, best trophy? Right. No, Brayton, right? He's a, he's a great guy, bro, bro, too. He doesn't yeah. know me that well, but whenever he sees me, he's, hey, Tommy, how are you doing it? He's the best. Yeah. He's a, he's just a, just a, you know, he's doing a great job for the team being he's higher up in the office now. Um, but he's, um, you know, everyone said, well, you know, you got, I mean, I played with a Hall of Famer in, in, in Belfort, and then you play again, we play against Watt. Remember why? As good as they are, I go, but Rodriguez's better. We won. Well, one, he got all the records. But I said, two, I'm, as good as Belfort was, in, and he was a great practice player, also, Marty was the best practice goal I've ever seen. Oh, okay. He worked. I mean, he cared about his craft. He hated getting scored on. But he, it was in a playful way. Like he always wanted to say everything. He had fun, and he he did it just to make himself better. Sure. Uh, so then you played those like years, two two years in the minors in total. Then, so I played a year, almost two years in the minors in uh, the beginning of my career, and then uh, right. two at the yeah. end of it, and then I ended up going working with the uh, alumni. Good. So you knew at that point it was done. You you got your. I kill. did. I made decisions. I didn't want to. I didn't. I I, I want to spend more time with my kids. Sure. Um. My body was okay. I think I could have played another couple of years. And I mentally, I passively wanted to play, but I'm like, you know what? Yeah. You know how things work and how up and down, you never know what's going to happen. I don't want to sure. be running around all over the place. I want stability. And um, this is the best way to have it. Right. Yeah. And you had the job waiting for you. And I did. I knew I was kind of going to be able to work for the alumni and be able to, to be a part of the organization, which I still am, and to be a part of the game, which I love. And um, just, do it in a more low-key fashion. Right. So a lot of guys have some troubles leaving the game. Uh, it seems like you're fine. You transition wow. fine. Yeah. I mean, everyone asked, did you miss the game? I'm like, yes and no. Yeah. No, in regards to, like, I my favorite time of the year is the middle of September 
when I'm on my chair having a coffee, watching TV, knowing that they're in training camp. Right yeah, now. that's true. Yeah. I don't have to deal with that shit. Plus, uh, like Tom, you're a reality TV star now too. That's right too. Oh, I like the fact that you know I can I, I can relax. But sure. I, what I do miss, I miss the playoffs. And I miss being with the boys. Any regrets at all? Uh, no. Yeah, I don't think you do. Yeah, no. You've lived the full life. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I live. I still live and still enjoy it. No, I make mistakes. I'm making a mistake every day. I'll probably make a mistake when I get off this phone. I can't just live, keep living on the regrets. Then you're really, then you're really wasting your time. Totally, yeah. And anything you did wrong makes you who you are today, too, right? You seem like really, you really love who you are today. I'm human. I'm still going to screw up. Yeah, my wife keeps me in order. My kids keep me in order. Um, I think that's the key thing. It's like you don't want to live a life where you're not making mistakes. You're not trying anything. Well, well, that, 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 even I, I teach it. I teach you know. I teach it privately sometimes on the ice as well on the side. I'm like, failure is a good thing. Oh yeah, I, failure becomes permanent if you don't keep working at it. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah, it's what you do. It's what you do after you fail at something. Right. It's like you got to get up and go harder. Yeah. It's just like you did. You learn more by making the mistake than when you're doing something good. Because people will say, oh, "I want to work on this." And I'm, what are you good at? I'm good at that. Well, why would you want to work on that? Let's work on the yeah. stuff that you're also good at. Yeah, totally. Yeah, very true. Very true. It makes sense, right? Well, I got to tell you, I've always admired you from afar as a player. I've gotten to know you now as a person. I knew you a little bit before we played the charity game, but uh, I, I really admire the way you picked up your wife too by putting your face right on her butt there at national television. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a good move. Canadian national. I, Tom, I'll send you the picture of it. Good. I want to see that. That's that's good. <laughs> Better rate me ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you that. I'll send you the uh, the video of her lifting me, and I'll send oh. you a screenshot. Perfect. Okay. Listen, thank you very much for being on the show. I really admire you a lot as a person yeah. now that I've met you and as a player for, for sure. So, again, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. Good luck with everything. Pleasure. Talk to you. Bye. Grand Marshall, incredible. I mean, <laughs> first, first of all, to break your neck at 16 and then tell the yeah. doctor, no, you're wrong, I'm going to play again. That was pretty special, yeah. He'd tell us some great stories. He's a funny guy. I've met him before at Jeremy events and everything, but uh, he was great telling us stories. Everyone about meeting his wife on it. Yes, with plates. Somehow I knew you every now and then. That was a good one. Good show. Yeah. All right, grasshoppers. Thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time. <laughs>